0: This has been a, um, just a great week. Um, sorry, um is not my favorite word, so I'll try to get out my vocabulary here. We got to see our new granddaughter last Sunday, so that's why we weren't here. <laughs> um, I want to show you a picture of my wife holding Annabelle but she's not only so beautiful but my wife's so beautiful look at her light up she just lights up so much holding so that's our our first granddaughter our second grandchild annabelle we we only had a small window. My son's a pastor, so getting our schedules together and going to see our new granddaughter was was kind of a nightmare. The only weekend we had to go was the week you were voting on me. So I was like but our board said, "Get out of here, go see her." So we ran up there to try and catch. So that's how the week started, which was amazing. Uh, we did sneak away. I gotta mention this. We did sneak away to. Sh- it's they're really close to Chicago. We went up there because I always wanted to see the uh, there's a there's a World War II U boat that was captured and it's it's on display at the natural uh, the museum of of science and industry. This thing's a football field long, and I was so nerding out. I got to tour it, and spent like four hours going through that, and, and while Kara was lighting up here, I was lighting up next to a U-boat. <laughs> no, I lit up more with Annabelle. There's what a, what, a, what a blessing it is, but I just love seeing Kara light up like that. It's kind of cool. So yeah, we celebrated new life. Uh, early this week and we also celebrated new life yesterday uh, we celebrated the life of Greg McHenry who has new life in heaven and his place was packed out and it was and, and there was a video we captured from him five years ago where he shared about the vision of our church and he spoke to all Greg who's in heaven spoke to all 450 people. his place was packed out and he spoke to him and we had people tuned in from all over the nation because Greg is known all over the nation and just his message of hope was just beautiful. But thank you, because it took like a hundred hands on deck here to love on that family and to take care of them, to feed them, and just make this his celebration, what we call here celebrations. We really believe they're celebrations, and it was. Thank you all. A little hand, round of applause for you for doing that. So yeah, it was a a great week of new life. It was an emotional week. Uh, Greg's a good friend. Um, But it was also an affirming week. Uh, Thank you for the vote of confidence uh, To be your pastor for the next few years And um, it's hard to believe it's seven years already we've been here It just goes so fast. The only difference is I have this gray hair And um, it's a sign of wisdom. It's not a sign of stress, they tell me But Kara and I are, are, you know, we here at Westview We have such an amazing ministry staff And we have such an amazing community of believers And Kara and I are so blessed to be here and so we're really looking forward to the vision of our church over the next few years and continue to do what we do but thank you for that affirmation um, with all this um, I kind of was looking through all this week and everything and I thought man I feel alive like I've never felt before I've had some pretty cool jobs over the years that was just things I love to do and I've never left a job I don't think of unhappiness just like the next thing that brought us alive but I've never felt more alive like I have now and in the, especially the last three months you know it's been a, a challenging two years and I don't want to keep talking about it uh, just everything that the world's been through um, and the last three months here we have just had this fresh breath of lives changed and, and all these cool things going on here in the church and it's just so rejuvenating and so I just feel like a, uh, like I'm alive and the question I have for you is what makes you alive and it's okay, Are those online with us they're on Facebook live, tell me what makes you alive, it can be anything, let me, let me start this, uh, Rita brought it up, baseball season started yesterday, yeah that brings me alive, I <laughs> love. what brings you alive, let's hear, let's hear some of the things that just light you up like you saw Kara, light you up like a Christmas tree when it comes to life what was that? your wife, that was first service. Yeah, God knows who he puts with us, right? And that person, when God takes two and makes them one, it's amazing how our spouses make us alive. That's a good one. Another one? Oh, come on. What's that? Nature. Nature. Like you just look, right? And you know you're alive. You see the majesty. What was that one? Grandkids, Thank you. That wasn't a first service too. Our grandkids. Because what? We love to give them caffeine and sugar and leave, right? <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle was too young for caffeine, but other ones. My husband Your and students. Your husband. And my students. Yeah. So, Annie he teaches uh, in a school and she comes alive. Dave does a good job with her. Yeah, he brings her alive. Yeah, I imagine both. That's pretty cool. There was something else back here worship yeah yeah it's funny we, we laugh about the differences between the two services some you know it was you could tell it was spring you know spring forward first service it was a little and the second service was like man is this the same service like everybody's comes alive they were alive in the first service too but you were more alive any others woodworking, woodworking. the things that God gives us with what's that listen to your wife sing that's good yeah. well here's here's our, our, our first note together we read the Bible to know we're alive and this is what we're going to talk about today we read the Bible to know we're alive but before we jump into this I want to welcome everybody to those of you who are new or hanging out with us this week we're glad you're here my name is Brian I'm a lead pastor at least for a few more years <laughs> that was a funny joke for service I, I didn't, really go, didn't really go over well okay when you came into to our guests, uh, just to help you feel comfortable here, we hope you feel like you're at home right away, but on the back, uh, Melissa shared this worship guide you got. On the back are these sermon notes. We have an outline of what we're going to talk about here today in God's Bible. And that very first note was there. We read the Bible to know we're alive. If you want to jot that in, but it's a framework you can go back and reflect on during the week. And so I, I want to just take a moment here And I want to recap We've been in this series Why we read the Bible For about six, seven weeks now So I want to recap here Everything we've talked about Just so you can see Why it's so important Why we read the Bible We read the Bible to know God That's where we start That's the foundation We read the Bible to know God We read the Bible to know our past That's important And know our future That's really important That's where our hope is We read the Bible to know truth Where the world doesn't know truth And makes the truth up a lot right now Because it's hard to find it We have it we also read the Bible to know ourselves. Pastor Dylan talked about this. It, it really reveals ourselves. And, and so we use it. It's a great way to see ourselves. Uh, and Pastor Eric last, w- last week said, we, we read the Bible to know the way. And he talked about Jesus and the way. And, and so, so the direction of the Bible. And then here we are this week, to know we're alive, to know we're alive. And he knows the first two words all the way through. I want to talk about it every week when we talk about it. To know, to know, to know. This is not about filling our head up. We don't read the Bible to fill our head up with intellect. We read the Bible to be in relationship with God and with community. That's why we read the Bible. To know is a, is a heart thing. It's not a head thing. It, it works together, but true change comes from here. It comes from the heart. So we, we read the Bible to know. So just a heads up, next week will be another to know thing, right? And we'll just keep going that way so I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 it's in the Old Testament um, and it's way yeah obviously chapter 37 way deep into what Ezekiel wrote and while you're turning there I kind of want to paint the picture we're going to sit in just 14 verses today and I want to I paint the picture of what's going on there Ezekiel uh, his name means God will strengthen isn't it cool what our names mean sometimes God will strengthen is Ezekiel's name what it means and he's a Hebrew from the Levi tribe and he's a, what we would call an exilic prophet, a prophet during the exile, so, uh, and he's a prophet uh, to the Israelite nation after the fall of Israel and so let me paint a picture here just so we know where we're at in the Bible so God told Abraham, he says, I'm going to raise up a nation to reach all the nations, and God did that, and he rescued the Israelite nation out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he brought them through the desert to the promised land, the promised land's in the middle of everything, all the world at that time intersected through there and God landed them there because I want all nations to be drawn to me through you. And so the Israelite nation rose up, and and it was it was great. The world started seeing God, how He blessed the people, how how their lives were so different, and and it was impacting the nations around them. But then we started going through these cycles, a lot of cycles in the Bible, where where the nation of Israel would start turning from God and just falling apart, and then they would almost fall apart, and then they would kind of wake up, and God would restore them, and, and then then they would get going again, and they'd do it again. And they had good kings, and they had bad kings, and just up and down, and up and down. And one day, and so God sent these prophets and these prophets we'd say pre-exilic prophets these first prophets came in and said hey nation of Israel we got to wake up if we keep acting like this we're going to destroy ourselves but God wants to bless us in covenant so let's get back to that and so you see all these prophets rise up but then one time the Israelite nation just it's so it's so messed up it divides into two kingdoms the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom they can't even get along and we really start to see things fall apart at that time And first thing we see is that the northern kingdom falls. Things get so bad, so many bad kings. In 722 B.C., there's 10 tribes in the northern kingdom of Israel, and the Assyrians come and invade like all the prophets said would happen. They get so far from God that God says, okay, I'm just going to leave you to your stuff. And the Assyrians come and invade and they take over the, the northern kingdom and they take all the, the, the Jewish Israelite people who are strong and healthy and they take them as slaves and take them back to Assyria. Take a huge portion, leave the weak, the infirm, the But the southern kingdom's still there. The southern kingdom with the tribes of Judah and Benjamin and Levi are still there, and they hang on for like another thirty five years, and they have some good kings and they have some bad kings. But then they turn and then they crash. And it's the Babylonians that come this time, and they invade the southern kingdom of Judah. And this is where Jerusalem is. So the northern kingdom's already gone, the southern kingdom's all that's left. And the Babylonians come, King Nebuchadnezzar, and they invade. And the same thing happens they raid, they plunder, they take a bunch of the Jewish people off as slaves, they win, they conquer them. But not only that, they tear down the walls of Jerusalem, which is in the southern kingdom. When you tear down the walls, you tear down the whole city and then they burn down the temple. The one place they have to go where they connect with God, the place where they go for offering, the place they go for their sin offering, the place that they stay right with God, that kind of center of all their faith is burned to the ground. This is where Ezekiel is. He's in the southern kingdom, he's there when it crashes and he's taken off as a slave into, the Babylon, into Babylon, Babylon as a slave there's no more temple, there's no more priestly system. the Israelite nation ceases to exist. And so we call Ezekiel an exilic prophet. He's one of the very few in the Bible that's actually writing from slavery away from home with no home. What we know is Ezekiel is about 30 years old. he writes that in chapter one. Um, he's a prophet also at 30 years old he's from, the, he's from the tribe of Levi there may see some priestly order there it's funny in Numbers it talks about you become a priest at the age of 30 so this is right about when he becomes that age that's when Jesus' public ministry started it was at the age of 30 it's when Joseph's ministry started in Egypt it's when David's ministry started as king at that age of 30 and he's a prophet he's a prophet is the one who shares what God speaks to them And he's writing this this book of Ezekiel, and he's writing it to everybody in exile. He's not sending letters home. (laughs) He's speaking to all them that are in captivity. Okay, so we got a kind of a picture where we're at now. Chapter thirty-seven shows us how bad things really are. But God gives Ezekiel in chapter thirty-seven a vision. What we're reading is a vision that he gets. And God wants him to share this with his fellow people that are exiled, that are lost, without a nation. So start here in 37, starting in verse one. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. The Lord led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. And then the Lord asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Well, sovereign Lord Ezekiel replied, you alone know the answer to that. So here we start uh, in chapter 37 God gives him this vision and he takes Ezekiel by the hand and through the Spirit and he takes him to a valley. And this valley is just filled with bones. Almost you get the image, you get an image here that the valley is dry like a desert. But the bones are so thick, you almost get the idea that Ezekiel is wading through them and God takes him around through all the bones. The valley represents Israel, no longer a nation. Spread throughout the surrounding nations in captivity There's bones everywhere and it represents the people But what's interesting here is that How it describes the bones It describes them as completely dried out That's important This is not a real human bone (laughs) Thanks Sam (laughs) We didn't have to use somebody for an example here if you have this as a bone you have some pretty big thighs or something I would think but, but they're completely dried out what that completely dried out means is that they've been there for a long time when Ezekiel writes this we estimate they've been in captivity probably for as many as 10 years already that's a long time I can't imagine being in exile for a month let alone 10 years so over those years they've, they're just completely dried out they've been sitting out there where the animal and the son's, son did their job a long time ago when you saw the Assyrians come and you read about the Babylonians come and it was a military conquest and you see all the lives lost when Israel was captured one of the things that was one of the biggest disgraces in a war in a battle is to leave the dead out in the middle of the field and not bury them that was just a way to make that defeat even more bitter. That you allowed the bones to be out there and just get dried on and ate on. And it was always a symbol left for everybody. But this exile, uh, God's shown him this valley and it's, it's this exile situation you're in. And exile is not just removal from their homeland. Exile is not the bitterness of military defeat. Exile here is death the nation is dead without hope Israel is gone these bones are dry and dead they are so dry and dead a dog would not even come and chew on this to find any value so let's look at our next sermon out together dry bones represent lost purpose and hope so when God's given us vision, what these dry bones mean is they represent three things. And When I, when I read this, there's three things going on here. The first thing is having, once being a nation, now being spread out and not being a nation, having everything you had back in your nation which gave you identity destroyed, you no longer have identity. This dry bone situation first is a loss of identity. They don't even know anymore who they are and when you lose your identity the next thing you're going to lose right behind that is your purpose if you don't know your identity you're going to struggle with your purpose and so they lost their identity Israel is no longer a nation and with that came a loss of purpose because they were God's people and when you lose your identity and you lose your purpose you lose the very last thing that's the worst thing to lose overall you lose hope And that's what a valley of dry bones is. It is a place that's a loss of hope. These bones indicate they're beyond the hope of life, beyond the hope of life. God asks Ezekiel that question. He says, son of man, can these bones become living people again? God asks him that. And Ezekiel's answer is is the exact answer you find from somebody who's lost their identity, lost their purpose, and lost their hope. Lord, only you know the answer to that. That's how depressed he is. Zeke says, You alone know the answer, so God gives him the answer. Let's go to verse four. Then the Lord said to me, He said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say dry bones listen to the word of the Lord God says Ezekiel I want you to talk to all these dry bones and this is what I want you to say dry bones listen to the word of the Lord all these dead people in the valley all these Israelites in captivity exiled from home that's who you're writing this to I want you to give them this message give them this message Zeke from me this is a message start with the word of the Lord. It starts here. And so let's look at our third sermon note together. Dry bones need the living word. Dry bones need the living word. Two weeks ago, Pastor Dylan shared with you up here about about we we read the Bible to know ourselves. And he shared with you Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. It is dead bones need the word which is alive and active because the word is alive and active it changes the person who reads it the cure for dry bones it starts with the living word of God why because in the living word of God in this book we know our identity we know our purpose and we know where our hope is and so it goes back to our foundation of whose we are what we've been created for and what's awaiting us one day with heaven and eternity so then God describes, let's go back, we're going to be in verse 5 God then describes, if you go to the word, if we start back with a word if people, God's people in exile return to the living word this is what I'll do starting in verse 5. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and I'll cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know. My favorite word in this whole series. Then you will know. You will know me. You'll know I'm Lord. So Ezekiel says I spoke this message just as he told me and suddenly as I spoke there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body started coming together and they attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones and then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. God says, my people return to my word and this is what I'll do. I'll put them back together. I'll reform, restructure, restore, rebuild, recover them because of the living word in them the nation of Israel will recover will come back but there's something we see in here it's not just the living word the people of God need two things first they need the living word to be able to rebuild them so they know those three things identity, purpose, and hope but that won't be enough I know you're going to freak out at this I'm going to tell you that's not enough the Bible's not enough They need the breath of life. There's a second part to this. They still need breath to come alive. So let's look at our fourth sermon note together. We are revived in the breath of the Spirit. We are revived in the breath of the Spirit. Only the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, can bring forth the miracle of new life to hopeless, dry bones. The word of God comes alive in us through the Spirit. I can read this all day long. It will not come alive to me unless I'm in concert with the spirit who illuminates it, who tells me what that identity is, helps me understand what my purpose is. He illuminates every word. He's the one that brings breath into my life. He works through this word. I'm not trying to put this word down. It just cannot work without his spirit. So let's get back to to the scripture, starting in verse nine. God puts it all together here it's a little bit long run here but hang with me he puts it all together here because remember this is a vision he's given him and then the Lord said to me he says speak a prophetic message to the winds son of man speak a prophetic message and say this is what the sovereign Lord says come O breath from the four winds come O Holy Spirit from everywhere breathe into these dead bodies so that they can live again and so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and they stood up on their feet, a great army. And they said to me, Son of man, remember this is a vision. These bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say this is what the sovereign Lord says oh my people I will open your graves of exile and I'll cause you to rise again and then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel I'll bring you back to identity and purpose and when this happens oh my people you will know there's that word again you will know now I know that I'm Lord you will know me I'll put my spirit in you and you will live again it's a gift and you'll, and you'll return home to your own land and then you will know again then you will know that I the Lord has spoken and I've done what I said yes the Lord has spoken God says Zeke give him this message get back to the word of God and this is what I'm going to do all the I will statements in here there's 10 of them Let me hit some of them. I'm going to put breath into you. I'm going to put your bones and skin and muscle back together. I'm going to give you life. I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to cause you to rise. I'll bring you back home and I'll put my spirit in you. I will do a miracle in you that dry bones can't do on their own. And then I'll put my breath in you, the very breath of the Holy Spirit and you will be fully alive. Why do we read the Bible? To know we're alive. Get this point. It's really important for Israel to be a nation again, to come out of the valley of dry bones, to come alive requires two things. Return to the word, be filled with the spirit who will take that word and do a dramatic work in our lives. The reason why this chapter is so popular, because it's so like zombie graphic cool, and we love to read it, but it's so powerful because of what was going on in the background. Hopelessness and the miracle of God being restored to hope. That message of Ezekiel is still as important today. And this reason why it's our fifth sermon note every church dwells in the valley, we dwell in the valley. there can be dry bones right in this room right how many of you have gone through a dry season of your life I've gone through many there can be dry bones right here there's a story of a young man uh, he's here today <laughs> we're gonna kinda keep his identity stuff and we're not gonna go into details He's an amazing young man, and him and I hung out about a week or so ago, and he's been struggling in the valleys, and he comes out of the valleys, and he gets a good fight going, and and then just, man, ends up going back into the valley in the darkness and struggling through life over and over and over. And particularly, he was going through a tough weekend, and so we sat down that next week, and, and I asked him, I'm seeing in his life every time it seems like he's gaining more ground he's maturing but man there's just still that bounce back that hard bounce back and the hopelessness that hits with that and so I asked him I said what do you think the trigger is that, that we keep going back to our old ways and just everything falls apart what do you think that trigger is and he said this before I even wrote this he said this he says each time that happens it's because I feel dry and then he's the scripture just leafed out, our conversation just leaped out on the page to me. Him and I talked about the absence of God's word. We talked about on his way to work listening to God's word, listening to people talk about God's word. Now it just brings him alive. It's like, yeah. And the spirit to keep that life going. I'm so proud of him. He fights so hard. And he keeps getting stronger. All of us go through these seasons of dry bones. We have these little dry bone areas of our life or whatever. We become dead inside. Our our identity takes a hit and our purpose takes a hit and then we're flat out hopeless. Sometimes it lasts a week. Sometimes it lasts a month. Sometimes we can be dry for years. Hot and dry. But why do we read the Bible? To know. To know right here that we're alive it starts with his word church and then God will breathe in his spirit let him come and we rise again but not only can there be dry bones here in a church after this amazing morning which Sunday mornings are such a neat time it's not church. church, we're church all week right but when we walk out these doors after a great way of just charging each other up with God's word we're going to walk out there and there's a vast valley of bones right outside these doors there are tens of thousands of people in our own community who do not know God's word and they're looking for their identity somewhere else and every time they think they get there it's their job or whatever it crashes and when their identity's gone what's gone? their purpose they struggle and then there's no hope, and they're out there struggling in the world trying to find this answer. There's people out there in our own community who've never heard the living word, and they've never had the spirit dwelling in them. And you and I have what they need. I know you all can afford one of these, I give mine away whenever I can. Like, you think, man, you had that preaching Bible for, you know, seven years? No, (laughs) it's probably probably about three years because whenever I have one, I won't give it. My notes and everything, it's okay. I trust the Holy Spirit will talk to me. I love to give away God's word. But this is what I don't do. I don't give them the word and say, good luck, go read the gospel, John, or hey, just read the whole thing and uh, hang in there. What I say is open it up, read this, and let's go to coffee in two days and let's talk about it because the Holy Spirit in me wants to share the Holy Spirit with you. And we walk with each other, and you all have that ability of God's Word and the hope and the message that comes through it. And the Holy Spirit is in you, He dwells in you. For those who love Christ, we have that gift. And the breath of God can come through us to others. You and I have what they need out there in the valley your last sermon note what God did for Israel he'll do for us God fulfilled his promise remember this was a vision but God fulfilled that promise of the vision through Ezekiel the Israelites came out of exile he made them a nation again they restored their city the temple was rebuilt the old bones came back together and they came to life what God does for them he can and will do for us but here's what's so cool about us not only do we have the promise of reviving us with a word and a spirit not only do we have the hope of our bones coming back together here but because of Jesus we have the hope one day that these will come out of a grave and they will come all the way back together in a complete new creation and one day we will be just like Jesus a whole new body a perfect body perfect soul with God, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in eternity. Because of Jesus, it's just not about rising to life here, as we will raise to new life one day. So I want to wrap up here, and I want to go back and hit a verse that I kind of zipped by, but I think it's important. I got bone dust on me. (laughs) So Ezekiel 37, verse 7, I want to go back to that one. I want to build you have verse 7 here, let me build to it, so this is what the Sovereign Lord says, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again, I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin I'll put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know that I'm the Lord so I spoke this message just as he told me and suddenly, as I spoke that message, there was a rattling noise all across the valley I love this do you know what rattling bones sound like? You do? I bet you do. Do you know what watching life come back together looks like? Have you heard it? It's rattling. Life coming, to be, coming together, rising up in a breath of the Spirit. The young man I talked about, he could hear the bones rattling. As he's piecing it back together, Greg McHenry's life here yesterday. We showed a video that rocked the house. He shared this message of hope, and you could hear 450 people here. You could hear some bones rattling. The impact he had as the Holy Spirit still working through him. Do you know there's a number of women right now who are at Women's Encounter, and if you've ever been to a men's or women's encounter, you hear a lot of bones rattling at that place. And they're going to come back here and celebrate tonight. There's a launch pad here for them. If you haven't gone, gone. It's one of the neatest places to listen to bones rattle. Do you know this week, uh, over the weeks here, we have 30 to 40 life groups. They get together and we sit down in God's word and you sit in a room and it's so fun. You know what bones rattling sounds like? It's like, I've never seen the word like this. I hear it so many times as we're together and the Holy Spirit's working through us in community, and they say, I've never seen this. My bones rattle. If you can listen into our homestead ministry, the ministry for women who've been rescued from sex trafficking, you hear a lot of beautiful bones rattling. If you follow our missionaries' newsletters, the seven that are sent from this church around the world, you'll hear bones rattling in African, the Asian, and South American continents. If you think back to just a few weeks, five souls got up here and jumped into the water, you heard bones rattling in the water. As they come together in new life, and there's three more that are waiting right now. If you are interested in being part of that, starting that new life, there's a box right here that says, I would love to be baptized. Would you walk with me and help me understand that? I would love to start my life and bring these bones together and do something I should have done a long time ago. We'll walk with you on that. Turn that in, put your name, drop it off in a box. We want your bones to rattle together. And come alive in the word if you go down to the basement you'll hear youth rattling if you go in our children's ministry area you hear little bones rattling if you, if you go home where mom and dads are hanging out in devotions with their kids at night reading the word their little bones just rattle Stories from Justice Week, where people from our church share, and churches all over the world, but here, sharing their faith at school and sharing the good news in a workplace. Some of you are here because of them, and you know what I heard in each story? Bones rattling. We are a church that dwells in a dry valley. Let's go rattle the valley. (laughs) We start with a word and the one who does all the work is the spirit and he does it through us. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to talk about a big offering today. It's a time of worship. I love this part because it's instead of you just listening to me (laughs) and now you have to listen to me for a few more years. That joke hasn't gone over well yet, has it? Um, this is your time to respond this is your res- time to respond to what God's speaking to you through his spirit and you give back so let's bow our heads in prayer and let's give him our best offering today heavenly father first thank you for Ezekiel thank you that in the middle of exile we can have a message like this in the middle of hopelessness there is hope And that miracle comes from you and it starts with your word. Father, our church, we're hoping over the seven weeks that we're all engaging the word. But we can't stop there for we need to hear your spirit. And we need your spirit to be a big part of that. Father, I'm praying right now for those here and those online who are just so dry right now to examine their lives and say, is it because I'm missing his word? I've got so far away from it. I went looking somewhere else for identity. I went looking somewhere else for purpose. And I am like a driest bone ever in the middle of the valley. Father, for that person here, we all go through those seasons. Don't go at it alone. You have a community here that loves to come around and watch God work through His Word and the Holy Spirit in your life. You can reach out on a connect card there and just say, I am so dry and give us a connect point with you. And we're gonna walk with you because we all have those seasons. Father, rise up your church in trusting your word and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Have us really rise up today in a special way. Help us to know that valley out there is going to be dry, but we can make a difference. We all can make a difference in one life. And when 400 of us are making a difference in one life, through the power of the Spirit through us, it changes the community. Father, rise up your army. Protect us in the valley. But we have the greatest power in us, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit and it's your spirit. Father, as we read your word, let it come alive to us through your spirit. Father, this church is changing a lot of lives through you, and we want to keep doing that. Father, our offering today is also our financial gifts, everything we can to further this mission so that bones rattle in Asia and Africa and and, and right here, our biggest mission field. Our mission fuels everything that we do and Father we give lovingly and joyfully for that reason to fuel the mission so Father I just ask for our best gift our best joyful gift if it can't be joyful then sit down with somebody and work through that Jesus we love you because of you the spirit dwells in us all the time Holy Spirit come let's go rattle the valley together We pray this in the mighty name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, who loves us so much and in the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Amen.